There's another miracle to Hanukkah that you could eat sufganiyot and not gain weight. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? God, hear our prayer. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, God is good. Isn't it exciting to celebrate the holidays, to celebrate God's deliverance, God's faithfulness? You know, God gives Moedim, and I know technically Hanukkah isn't one of the Moedim, but yet it does have the stamp, the kiss of God, if we could say it that way, is upon the celebration of Hanukkah. And um, let's pray together and just spend a few minutes thinking about and just ruminating over the truths that Hanukkah speaks to us, especially in these uh, very bizarre times in which we live. Hanukkah is a breath of hope to encourage our spirits uh, as to the faithfulness of the God whom we serve. Amen. So pray after me. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Lord. Today we'll be having our Hanukkah party, celebrating, I hear a hum, yeah. Today we will be having, just mute everything but this microphone, it will help. Uh, today we'll be having our Hanukkah party celebrating all God has done in sustaining us as a people and bringing us to this season. I mean, we, we recite that in the Shehechianu at every special holiday, but it is so true. You know, the reason we're here today as a people, as Jewish followers of the Messiah, is because of God's faithfulness in sustaining us and keeping us and bringing us to these uh, wonderful times that he has ordained. And we're celebrating specifically today the miracles that God has done and continues to do. God is a miracle-working God. We celebrate the miracle of the oil that lasted for eight nights. And God, as we see from the Tanakh, that God is a God of miracles. If you remove all the miracle-working power out of the Bible, you're not left with a lot of hope. But the truth is that God has always intervened in the affairs of man via the miraculous. Matter of fact, in Shemot, Exodus chapter 17 and verse 15, Moshe built an altar to God and called it Adonai Nisi. Now, unfortunately, how many people have heard that term? And it gets translated, the Lord, our banner, right? But it really comes from the same word, uh, nisi or nisim, which is miracles. And so it could be translated and perhaps should be translated, Adonai is my miracle. Amen? So God, um, and in that case, they're celebrating God's victory, the miracle he did, over Amalek, right? You remember the passage, right, where Moshe was uh, in battle and they were holding up his arms, right? Uh, and when his arms were held up, they were in it, winning, and when the arms were down, they were losing. And when you read that story, there is no question that is a miraculous intervention by God. And I want to say that the theme of miracles 
is inseparable from Hanukkah. In fact, the Al-Hanisim blessing is added to the Amidah and to grace after meals during the season. Matter of fact, we did that today, probably unbeknownst to you, in the form of the song Al-Hanisim. But that blessing is part of the Hanukkah season liturgy. Matter of fact, it reads as follows, and I'm going to just read it for you. It says, and we thank you for the miracles, for the redemption, for the mighty deeds, for the saving acts, and for the wonders which you have wrought for our ancestors in those days at this time, in the days of Matityahu, the son of Yochanan, the high priest, the Hasmonean and his sons, when the wicked Hellenistic government rose up against your people Israel to make them forget your Torah and violate the decrees of your will. But you, in your abundant mercy, stood by them in the time of their distress. You waged their battles, defended their rights, and avenged the wrong done to them. You delivered the mighty into the hands of the weak, the many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure, the wicked into the hands of the righteous, and the wanton sinners into the hands of those who occupy themselves with your Torah. You made a great and holy name for yourself in your world and affected a great deliverance and redemption for your people Israel to this very day. Then your children entered the shrine of your house, cleansed your temple, purified your sanctuary, kindled lights in your holy courtyard, and instituted these eight days of Hanukkah to give thanks and praise your great name. So if you ever wondered what Hanukkah is about, it's more than just lighting candles, and singing about spinning dreidels. Now, all of those have a role to play in our Hanukkah celebration, but they speak of a great God who does great miracles, who is active in the life of B'nai Israel, who is active in our lives today. And so today we will look at Yochanan's Besorah, chapter 10, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, as it is the only canonical book of the Bible which mentions the festival of Hanukkah. Think about that. Okay, so let's read from Yochanan chapter 10, starting at verse 22. Then came Hanukkah in Yerushalayim. It was winter, and Yeshua was walking around inside the temple area in Shlomo's colonnade. So the Judeans surrounded him and said to him, how much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us publicly. Yeshua answered them, I have already told you and you don't trust me. The works I do in my Father's name testify on my behalf. Highlight that. But the reason you don't trust is that you are not included among my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I recognize them. They follow me, and I give them eternal life. They will absolutely never be destroyed, and no one will snatch them from my hands. 
My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them from the Father's hands. I and the Father are one. That's a powerful little pericope we have there in Yochimon chapter 10. And if we were to meditate on those few verses, we would be energized in our spirits about the God that we serve and the promises that he has given to us. And the first thing I want to highlight here in the book of Yochanan is the belief in miracles, the belief in the miraculous. You see, in this passage, Yeshua told them that they need to trust him based on the things he did, specifically what transpired in chapter 9 with the healing of the blind man. Some people wrongly think that the reference to Hanukkah here in Yochanan 10 is just these few verses. In fact, they include chapter 9 and other passages in this Besorah. After all, no human prophet, human philosopher, or human teacher ever opened the eyes of a blind person. By that miracle alone, Yeshua demonstrated that he came from God and that he is, in fact, Lord of all. However, at the very time the Jewish people were celebrating Hanukkah, a testimony to their deliverance by God, they were denying the promised Messiah who came to bring them the greatest deliverance of all, namely deliverance from sin and the miracle of the new birth. He said to them, but you do not believe because you are not included among my sheep, in verse 26. This denotes a present attitude and not simply a past state. They were not believing the testimony of what just took place in chapter 9. And we're going to go through that story a little bit. And they refused to believe even though they saw it with their own eyes. And it's really the root of their problem. And I want us to be open today because sometimes the lack of belief in the miraculous is the root of our problem. And that's why Hanukkah is such a wonderful time to think about and dwell upon the miraculous God that we serve. Because he is indeed miraculous. These particular people did not have the faith to believe the miracle that happened right in their town. As Yeshua passed along, and I'm looking now at verse at chapter 9 and verse 1. As Yeshua passed along, he saw a man blind from birth. His Talmudim asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? To cause him to be born blind, Yeshua answered, his blindness is due neither to his sin nor to that of his parents. It happened so that God's power might be seen at work in him. Now the phrase translated that God's power might be seen at work in him is literally in the Greek work of God. The work of God as in the works of God, as in the miracles of God. 
the thought here is that even evil ultimately contributes to the greater glory of God. Right? We say the verse often, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Right? Now, it doesn't say all things are good. That verse isn't calling evil good, but it's saying that even though evil abounds in our world, God uses and affords those opportunities to intervene in a miraculous way and do good things. Along with that, Yeshua wasn't interested in blaming or standing in judgment of the people. Aren't you glad? Now, we should take a page out of Yeshua's book. Because sometimes I've known people that if someone gets a sniffle, hmm, I wonder what's going on in their lives. No, Yeshua wasn't standing in judgment. He wasn't playing the blame game. He was intent on highlighting the goodness and grace of God's work over and above the reality of man's tragic circumstances. I mean, that man was blind from birth. That's no fun. We wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yet that was the reality of the man's situation. Therefore, the question is not whose fault is it that the man was born blind, but do you believe in the miraculous power of God? Selah. That's based on God's track record of one miracle after another, after another. Every Jewish holiday is a celebration of God's miracle in one way, shape, or form. Do you believe that God could save? Do you believe that he still heals? Do you believe he can repair relationships? Do you believe that God can take care of you and your family's needs? That's the question we need to ask ourselves in this season of miracles. Do we still believe in a miraculous God? I hope we do. I pray we do. I hope we're just not going through religious motions of a God that's whatever. No. Do we believe in the miraculous God that is outlined for us and described for us in the pages of Scripture? I do. Want to know why? Because I've seen the miraculous my whole believing life. I've seen miracles in my own life. I've seen miracles in your life. God is a miracle-working God. In verse 4, Yeshua goes on to say, as long as it is day, we must keep doing the work of the one who sent me. The night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground. What a dramatic picture this is, right? He spit on the ground, made some mud, mud with his saliva, and put the mud on the man's eyes and said to him, Go, wash off in the pool of Shiloach, which means sent. And so he went and washed and came away seeing.
That was a great day for the man born blind. Wow. How's that for a Hanukkah miracle? Imagine that. You're heading up to the temple to worship God on Hanukkah, and you meet the Mashiach, and you opened your eyes. Matter of fact, you were led there by someone else because you couldn't see. And you met the Mashiach who opened your eyes. There are allusions to creation in this passage. As Yeshua, the divine Logos, was intimately responsible in the creation of the world, which Yochanan told us about in his prologue, stating all things came to being through him, and without him nothing made had being. So think about it. That same Logos spits on some dusts from the ground, makes some mud, and places it. Think about Bereshit and places it on his eyes, and now he could see. How's that for a statement as to who, I, who he is? You know, I always say that, you know, God is self-described. We don't have to wonder who God is. He describes himself in the scripture. Remember, this is Hanukkah time. So this stands, this little miracle, this display of his creative power, stands in direct opposition of Antiochus Epiphanes, who in that same place tried to portray himself as the manifestation of God on earth. Right? And in anger, and in a destructive, vindictive way, after he had some losses in Egypt, he comes up through Israel and decides to take his vengeance out on the Jewish people and work havoc and bring destruction to the land. And here, the Messiah is saying, no, he's not God. Let me tell you, you want to see a God who is good, a God who saves, a God who heals? A God who does miracles, creative miracles, here I am. According to Keener, the phrase light of the world in Jewish literature was applied to Israel, Jerusalem, the patriarchs, the Messiah, God, famous rabbis. However, despite its ubiquitous usage, it always references a significant person or event. It always speaks to someone special. And Yeshua is saying, I am the light of the world. Again, hearken back to Bereshit. And God said, let there be light. One of the most spectacular celebrations of the Feast of Tabernacles involved torches that lit up the city. This feast, along with Hanukkah, was known for the splendid lighting of those lights. Now, some scholars make, and rightly so, the connection between Hanukkah and Sukkot, based on a reference in 2 Maccabees chapter 1 and verse 9 that says, 
And now see that you keep the feast of booths in the month of Kislev. Do you see that? Referencing tabernacles to be celebrated during the time we celebrate Hanukkah. Other reasons for the connection is that both feasts are eight days in length, associated with rejoicing and the lighting of lamps. So there is a connection between the two. And while there is a connection to Sukkot, which we also know from the Talmud, there is a greater evidence that connects Hanukkah primarily to the miracle-working power of God. That's the overarching theme of the holiday, that God is a miracle-working God. So in the Babylonian Talmud, in Berachot Shabbat, chapter 21, section 21b, it says that when the Greeks entered the temple, they defiled all the oils in the temple. This is the famous story that we recite every Hanukkah. And when the Hasmonean dynasty prevailed against them and defeated them by the miracle of God, they made search and found only one cruise of oil which lay with the seal of the high priest, but which contained sufficient for one day's lighting only. Yet a miracle was wrought therein, and they lit the lamp therewith for eight days. The following year, these days were appointed a festival with the recital of Hallel and Thanksgiving. God's miraculous power. Alive and well in the life of Israel. Alive and well in your life. Alive and well, hear me, in our world. But Rabbi, I don't see God's miraculous power. You know, I bet when Judah and his brothers and the band were fighting and scrapping in the hills, <laughs> they didn't necessarily see God's miraculous power because often and you've heard me say this God is supernaturally natural it looks natural but somehow we with this little ragtag army are beating this powerful entity it looks kind of natural but yet I have this ability and grace to do things I couldn't do before that's often how God works and he always works through people isn't that amazing So back to our text. Yeshua then continues and he forms the dust of the earth and he heals the man's blind eyes. So the blind, blind man went and washed and he came away seeing. But the text goes on to say, and hear this, hear this. It goes on to say in verse 18, the Judeans, however, were unwilling to believe. How many of us have said, you know, if, if Yeshua would just come and do a miracle, everyone would believe, right? You've heard that. Or maybe you've thought that. You know, if I pray for a, my sick friend and they miraculously get healed, they're just going to jump to their feet and 
serve Yeshua. But that's not necessarily the case. As a matter of fact, these people, these Judeans, by the way, the reason uh, Stern translates that Judeans and not Jews is because it doesn't mean every Jew, which some people wrongly assume. It means the Judeans, namely the religious folk who are opposing Yeshua. And they were unwilling. How many people need a miracle? Or have needed a miracle and maybe might need a miracle or two going forward. You have to be willing to believe in miracles, don't you? You have to be willing to believe that God can do fantastical things that are beyond your imagination, beyond your ability, beyond your resources, beyond human agency that God could do them. Now these people saw a great miracle with their very eyes, a blind man from birth. And it says they were unwilling. I am not, some of us take a posture against God in that way. And we say, I'm unwilling to believe. I would suggest you don't do that, but instead, to put your faith in Messiah Yeshua. And that's my second point. And faith in Messiah Yeshua is what's needed for a miracle. This man, when interrogated by the religious leaders about the healing and the person of Yeshua, states his case in a simple way. So here it is. The, the, the Perushim, the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he doesn't keep Shabbat. But others said, how could a man, th th this is the others, people with common sense, said, but how could a man who is a sinner do miracles like these? And there was a split among them. So once more they spoke to the blind man, since you're the one whose eyes he opened, what do you say about him? He replied, he's a prophet. The Judeans, however, were unwilling to believe, that's what we said, that he had formerly been blind, but now could see until they had summoned the man's parents. They asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How is it that he now can see? Well, his parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how it is that he can see now, we don't know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's old enough. He can speak for himself. The parents said this because they were afraid of the Judeans, for the Judeans had already agreed that anyone who acknowledged Yeshua as the Messiah would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he's old enough, ask him. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, swear to God that you will tell the truth. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner or not, this is my favorite line, I don't know. 
But all I know is that I was blind, and now I can see. Call whatever you want. This is what I know. I was blind. Proof's in the pudding. In other words, it's kind of like, uh, duh, don't you get who he is? <laughs> Didn't you just see that I was born blind and my eyes were opened by this man? So they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I already told you he answered and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Maybe you too want to become his Talmudim. Oh. Then they railed at him. You may be his Talmud, they said, but we're Talmudim of Moshe. We don't know where he's from. <laughs> and this is, I love this line. You know where he's from? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a strange thing. Really? You don't know where he's from, considering that he opened my eyes? We know, this is not, this is the student, the pupil saying to the teachers, saying, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners. But if anyone fears God and does his will, God listens to him. In all history, no one has ever heard of someone's eye, someone opening the eyes of a man born blind. And yet I stand before you able to see, and you don't know where he's from. Let me tell you where he's from. He's from above. It's obvious from this account that the once now seeing blind man thought it was obvious that Yeshua was who he said he was. And that he had faith in Yeshua and who he said he was. In chapter 10, Yeshua reminds us the works, you could, you could easily translate that miracles. The miracles I do in my Father's name testify on my behalf. What are we celebrating today? God's miracles. Al Hanisim, all the miracles that you've done, God. That who's done? God, because the definition of a miracle is only God could do a miracle. All these miracles. The works that I do, the miracles I do in the Father's name testify that I'm Yeshua. And here we have all tasted of the miracle working power of God that has breathed new life into each of us. We could all attest if we're believers in Yeshua, we could all attest that we were blind but can now see, can't we? We could all attest that we were once in darkness but now our eyes have seen the light. 
We all have various miracles and wonders that God has wrought in our lives over the years that we've served him. From provisions to healings to any number of things that God has done. Wondrous miracles. I want to urge you today to two things. Believe in the miraculous because the God we serve is a miracle-working God and put all your eggs into Messiah's basket and put your faith in him. Hanukkah is a crucial celebration for the people of God today. It stands as a reminder of God's faithfulness in delivering his people from the tyranny of the oppressor. However, Hanukkah has a deeper significance than merely reminding us about an historical event. Messiah's testimony at Hanukkah and its place in the Besorah of Yochanan, which highlights the miracles of God, speak to his unique and divine ability to intervene and bring good into our lives. To bring good. God is good. There's no darkness in him. It's very simple. If there's good in your life, it comes from God. So when you turn to your right or left and look at your spouse and you see that beautiful glow of their tenon and the warmth that they bring to your heart, that's from God. And you should be thankful for that every single day. You're welcome. Amen. That should warm the cockles of your heart because that goodness is from God. Every good thing you have when you eat a latke today and even a donut, just saying, as that cream touches your palate and you say, how yummy is that? That's the goodness of God. And if you think I'm wrong, no. The psalmist said, God gives all things for us to enjoy. That's right. So if it's good, it comes from a good God. And our God happens to be a, a miracle-working God. So maybe you need a miracle today in this season. Maybe you need God's provision in this season, God's healing in this season. Maybe you need a healing of relationships in this season. Guess what? It's a good thing to believe in a God who is good and a miracle worker during this season, isn't it? And that's the whole reason Yeshua is gearing us up to tell us that, hey, what you experienced in the past was evil and wicked and bad. But here I have come to bring good and the miraculous back into the house of God. Satan comes to destroy. Messiah brings the miracle of hope. So a great miracle did happen there. And it's not only a cruise of oil that lasted, but God's preservation of his people and his faithfulness to the messianic promise that continues to give true significance to Hanukkah today because God's miracle working power has not diminished hasn't diminished. 
And you know what? Part of what we get as believers is what we're able to believe. And I want to encourage you to stop looking at the things that can change and look to, to a God that could change everything. There's not one situation, there's not one circumstance, there's not what you might deem as an immovable object that God can't move. So, with that said, the questions still remain, and these are questions you have to answer. Do you believe in miracles? We're sitting here, Hanukkah 2021, do you believe in miracles? You're going to have a latke, saturated in oil, reminiscent of a miracle. Do you believe in miracles? And then, do you have faith in Yeshua the Messiah? Do you have faith in him? Not in yourself, not in your checking account, thank God. <laughs> but in him. Do you have faith that Yeshua can and will help you? I hope you do. And I hope you at least consider that today. That out of all the things that we need, those two questions need to be answered and they are crucial questions. These are the questions Yeshua was seeing in the folks there in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. They refused to believe, and we choose to believe. Amen? They did not have faith in Messiah, but we do. We put all our faith and all our trust in him. Amen? Guys, I don't know if it's just me, but I've been smelling things that smell very tasty. <laughs> so I bet you're about ready to maybe go up and have some lunch. So let's stand on our feet. And I just want to pause for a moment. Take a second, close your eyes, lift your heart to the Lord. And whatever you need right now in your life, whatever is concerning you in your life, whatever troubles, whatever difficulties or challenges that you're facing or a loved one is facing, Take a second in this holiday of miracles and lift them before the Lord. Say, God, I believe in your miracle-working power. God, I put my faith in the Messiah who does the miraculous. And I'm going to leave these situations and problems and challenges in your hands and trust you will work them all out in Yeshua's name. Ivarach Adonai v'yishmarecha Yurer Adonai p'anavilecha v'chunecha Yisar Adonai p'anavilecha V'yasem lecha shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Father, bless your people. Father, we pray that you would bless this food and strengthen it to our bodies, Lord. Yes, even their diets. Fill them full of nutrition, I pray. And Lord, may our fellowship be sweet. And I pray some people win 
in our Hanukkah bingo too. <laughs> in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's go upstairs, have some fun, and have some lunch together. Baruch Hashem.